0: What's going on, crew? Welcome to Cross Platform, where esports, entertainment, and business connect. So incredibly excited that you guys have decided to join us on this journey. We are going to be having tons of fun guests, tons of fun interaction, talking about some of the more exciting industries on the planet. Again, thank you so much for joining us on Cross Platform. Let's get into it. We are waiting and there it is. We are live. Darren, good, good morning.
1: Good good morning. I've got my coffee in hand just, just to wake up for you. No. You, I, you. You and I have a daunting task this morning, right? Like lately you've had these incredible, really dynamic people, right? You've got Justin and Ryan and Jeffrey and Christy, and now you've got this boring old attorney on. So we, we got to figure out a way to not lose all of your viewers this early in the morning.
0: Seriously, I mean, it's been some high talent that's come that's come through here, and I'm sure there's a lot of people being like, "Really,
1: Herb, the attorney? Yeah, you're like scraping um, the bottom of the barrel already."
0: You know, you seem oddly chipper this morning, and I know we talked for two seconds before we went live, but you want to share your recent accomplishment that happened last night about your? I,
1: I had a lot to do with it, so it's it's because you know I'm so proud of it. But right, my my Georgia Bulldogs woke up as number four this morning. One on top of Alabama, and you know I don't know how long we're going to take it, but I'll I'll take it for as, as long as uh, as long as the committee will give it to us.
0: <laughs> I um, weirdly
1: uh, I missed Ole Miss on the rankings though. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know what? That's not it's not necessary for you to do that, right? You know, we, it's, we, it's, it's not, it's not because, I, was,
1: now. It's because I stopped reading at number twenty five. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's tough, man. You know, we've got old, we've got LSU coming to town. This you should go jet you should be easy on me. I got a tough week coming
1: up. Just just remember, South Carolina walked into my stadium and, and pounded my, my boys solid. So you you guys can pull the upset this week. You'll you'll be the Evansville of, of uh football.
0: Man, we we could have an entire other live stream about about traditional <laughs> sports, but if we go off on an Evansville upset, we're gonna be talking about basketball all day. <laughs> uh, but let's let's get into it uh for those who don't know darren um you know our our friendship has been uh based on linkedin and then we connected for the first time in person naturally a connection via christy saint martin um because she's so fabulous in doing what she does uh, and connecting fun people and i immediately gravitated to you and and uh and your story and your career when you started telling me about it and we we went out to drinks the other night and one one pop turned into three and, and had a great conversation. And if I tried to summarize your career, I would not be able to do it justice because it's so long and uh, robust. But I know you can I know it might take you like a half an hour to actually do it. So if
1: you We don't have that, do
0: we? Like the, the shorter version. Um, tell the the audience here, tell the crew who you are, what you do and, and uh what you're working on.
1: Sure. So uh, you got my name at the bottom of, of the screen, I think, right? If, if I typed it right. But uh, so, so for, for those who know, my, my name is Darren. Um, I, I am an attorney. Right. So I, I guess I will take the, the boring stance of being an attorney. But we, our goal this morning is to sort of shatter all expectations of, of what an attorney can can be. Um. Right. So I, I guess if I had to sum it up, I kind of am an attorney who's living at the intersection of entertainment and technology. So when you read my bio and when you sort of look at my client list and you see what's on my desk, although I' sort of stacked everything to the side, um, you know, runs the gamut from music uh, music festivals to experiential entertainment, uh, obviously esports, video games, uh, hype merchandise, right? So, uh, you know, we won't we, we won't drop names here, but the stuff that normally gets dropped, and then you go pick it up and you redrop it on stock X. <laughs> uh my office behind me is sort of filled with with that merchandise. Um, and I do both transactional and litigation when when it needs to be tested. Um, but really I sort of think these days is I'm I'm kind of more of a a business consultant and guru into how to how to not need an attorney. Um Right. So I, I do. I, I work with uh, I work with good startups. Right. If if you believe in your idea and I believe in your idea, then we're a perfect match. Um, uh, but more importantly, probably, you know, more more established or, or becoming established uh, companies as well. And of course, um, you know, you and I, we're not going to name drop this morning, although we did talk some over drinks the other night. Uh, and of course, you know, then I do have some uh you know the the more well-known clients we'll we'll talk about you know that uh in anything from again big music festivals to actual entertainers and artists themselves uh high fashion brand companies designers uh anyone who kind of shares that entrepreneurial spirit of trying to bring some coolness and some technology um, you know, w- within the, uh, w- within the entertainment arena, uh, you know, c- come have a drink with me. That, that's the easiest way to sort of get to know me as, as, as you alluded to, um, you know, I always buy if someone else is always drinking, uh, you know, w- w- whether it's bourbon, tequila, or beer, I'll kind of fall on those three. Um, you know, the, 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 those, the, those are kind of my, my triumvirate. And, well,
0: and- the, fun, the fun attorney, right? You, you're an attorney strictly for the fun stuff.
1: Uh, I, pretty much, right? If if you can invite me to your music festival, uh, you know, then then you'll be my best friend. Um, that's nice yeah, it's because everyone thinks that, right? They're like, okay, so you work in festival world, and the reality is like, if a music festival is say a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, um, i probably spent six months of my life building up to that festival, and then typically move on site to the festival, uh, probably either Monday or Tuesday of that week, uh, pretty much spending most of my time in a trailer behind the main stage uh doing what everything that needs to be done to get those gates open in time get the artist out in front of the crowd um make sure the crowd gets home safely uh and off-site then the site gets then closed back up and then finally i can be the last one back off-site
0: so when, when you talk about I, I got, i'm gonna call it entertainment law you know right. and. and can you talk about just a little bit how that started? Like, was that something that you always were interested in from that standpoint or you met the right people early and that started to you know, take that trajectory? And then at what point were you like, esports is where the puck is going and I need to start creating relationships in that space?
1: Yeah. Okay. So keep in mind, I've been doing this for more than 20 years. So probably older than some of our viewers this morning. Uh, but you know, I, I I kind of in the belief, and you and I have have discussed this, and I'm sure we'll get into it at some point as the coffee kicks in. Um, but you know, I, I kind of knew that I wanted to do something in entertainment. I had uh, various friends that were in the entertainment industry. I kind of I I, I always say that you know i have zero creative bones in my body but i love creative types so it was kind of my way to to go on to someone else
0: i can barely draw the hand turkey but i love creative people
1: oh you should see my 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 little daughter asked me to trace you know my hand the other night i was like yeah this is way over my head and at two and a half she did a much better job than i did uh and hers looks like a hand turkey and i have no idea what mine even is um right but but i but i can but, but i think what, I think like a business person. So if you tell me a creative idea, most creative types, like I have this great idea, I don't quite know how to monetize it or where it fits in the system, but I just know this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And my opposite is I have no creative ideas whatsoever, whatsoever right? There's nothing that pops into my head. Um, but the minute you tell me yours, I can think of 10 different ways to protect it, monetize it, build it, grow it, um, all the business sort of and legal acumen that come with it. So I went to law school, uh, frankly, kind of a little bit on a whim. Um, I was working at Coca-Cola in the Trademark Licensing Department.
0: I law school.
1: Yeah, you know, thank you. I'm like, oh, you know, it, it was an impulse purchase. Yeah. Mean, I'll, take, I'll take this pack of Altoids in a, in a law school. Um, you know, and ended up going to law school, uh, knowing that I wanted to do something in intellectual property and entertainment and started off uh, in Atlanta afterwards back in 2000 knowing that, um, knowing that I wanted to do entertainment, but was at a big law firm that did not do entertainment. Mm -hmm. So sort of one self taught myself, um, read everything that there was to read every book, every blog, attended every CLE, which is continuing legal education, attending exhibits and seminars, and meeting anyone under the sun that I could meet, right? If you would talk to me for five minutes at a bus stop, you know, I would be 10 minutes early to that bus stop, you know, waiting for you. Mm -hmm. And the way I sort of got connected is one, I did have some friends in the industry that were nice and would throw, you know, little things here and there to me. Um, but when you're starting off in something, right, you just, you just want to get the experience. So I went to every record label, every artist, every show. And I said, look, I, let me just do something for you. I'll do it for free. I will do whatever I need to do just to build up the experience, get the contacts. Um, and, you know, and, and at least start getting started. So my first year or two, I, I probably pissed off more law firms, uh, you know, than I should, because one, I was giving away my, you know, my, my wares for free, so to speak. Um, but building a good client base, building, you know, even more important, a good network uh, and getting my name out there as a guy that does a good job and, and you know, building up. So so now flip 18 years later. Um, you know, I I cannot I cannot bill for it and and, and hopefully collect on it. Uh, But yeah, so I start off and and I wanted to do something that most people don't. So when you when you speak to lawyers, and if you uh anyone who's out there in law school or going to uh you know or already working, most entertainment attorneys, most lawyers are either transactional or they're litigation. So either you're doing the deals or you're going to court. Mm -hmm. And it's very far and few between that truly do both, Um, which made no sense to me because to me, if I'm doing the deals, then I know when I have to litigate them where the deal usually went wrong and what was put into the deal. And at the same time, um, because I do all the deals when I'm litigating, you know, I I usually can kind of say, Oh, I know what happened or I know exactly where the focus should be. And I'm not going to waste, you know, thousands of, uh, of dollars you know, trying to come up with some theory, I've done this deal a million times, so I know here's probably where it went wrong.
0: Right.
1: Because I can walk both lines, I usually don't have to walk either, right? I can usually do a deal and say, here's here's really the three deal points we need to focus on. Let's get them done. Uh, you know, for litigating, I can only go right to the heart of the issue and, you know, unfortunately resolve it uh, pretty quickly. And, and that's kind of what I did. So I started off doing a lot of music. Um, mm-hmm then 360 deals back when those were a thing then streaming when streaming became a thing uh you know and then i realized that music festivals were um you know kind of where it's at these this last decade and you know started working with with one big music festival um helped build them into an international conglomerate uh one music festival became two became 10 became 30 which now i think i do I think my last count was 56 different international local and, you know, I, I should say regional and international music festivals. Um, not all big, right? Some, some are, some are a hundred thousand attendees plus a day, you know, for two or three days uh, you know, others maybe three to 5,000 uh, attendees in a nightclub for, you know, a few hours, but either way, right. You want to bring a really cool experience to whomever really wants to spend their time and money, know in your venue you know and 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 bring something kind of unique to them so my goal is kind of the the business legal guy is to make sure that you as a brand um can exist you know and and you and and that when someone has bought a ticket from you you can be rest assured you're going to bring them a great experience so for my my clients i sort of take that burden off of them and let them go do what they do best which is create something grow something and build something Um, and then as you, the client can then turn to your customers and say, don't worry, I've got, you know, Darren on this. So you just show up and attend and the the two of us are going to have a party and he's going to live in a, in a trailer and and he'll, he'll, he'll be the guy working all night.
0: Well, I I think one of the really interesting things about you that I want to, I want to quickly touch on, um, because I want to, I want to know when it all became eSports before we do that. Um. And one of the reasons why I think I've gravitated to you so much is because of the the way you gave that initial value, right? Where you literally would reach out to people, build relationships, give away things for free. My mom gets on me all the time. She's like, you're doing a lot for free right now. And it drives me crazy. And I'm like, but it's all going to work out, you know, in the long run. I want to create relationships and show people that it's just not a, a quick dollar for me, which when it comes to esports that was my only that was my only option because i had a traditional sports background and i had to literally show that i was in this for no money at all which i'm not i'm in it because i'm very excited about the space and entrepreneurial spirit of it so you know i guess you you had that initially coming you know leaving law school or whenever it was and that got you into the entertainment space are you, is that, or is that, is that same, uh, from 18 years ago, is that same feeling and, and that same process transferring into esports right now, as you're waiting for this, uh, industry to, to take off.
1: Yeah. So, you know, it, 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 it never leaves. Right. So, so number one, I was about to laugh and I'm sure, you know, where I'm going to go with this because, uh, any, anyone who has talked to me for more than five minutes and, and has gotten to the second drink with me, well, you know, will we'll, Hear me preach, right? You can't get into esports yet for the money. Um, you know, <laughs> let's, let's put the statistics and, and the numbers aside for a second. The reality is, we're we're not there yet where the money's flowing out. The money's still flowing in. Mm-hmm. It definitively will. So, right? Don't don't worry. Don't jump ship. It's not a bubble. Yeah. Um, you know, we're not going to preach that. But yeah, you know, look. The regardless of if if you are brand new into an industry or if you've been doing it for twenty years. To me, your, your value is your network, mm-hmm. um, right? It, it's not, you know, let me show you my experience. It's not, let me show you my successes. It, it's really two things. It's one, who's your network? Um, and, y- you know, y- you and I reached out over LinkedIn and I'm sure many of the viewers can, uh, that you and I know together can share the same story with me, right? Reach out to me. Um, it's it's super simple. LinkedIn, request me, shoot me a DM, find my email on my firm's website. It's uh, Darren traub at dwt.com um shoot me an email i, I respond you, usually if you're in the new york area or you know more, more likely than not i'm never in new york so if you are in miami vegas or la uh you know or atlanta this weekend um you know i'll find time to have a drink with anyone right and 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 the real reason is because i want to add people to my network right because the biggest value that i can add to someone is saying you know hey what are you working on? What are you looking for? Oh my God, you know what? I just met so-and-so, they're looking for the same thing and you connect those two people and you just sort of sit back and watch what happens. Mm-hmm. And sooner or later, right, someone will pay it for, they'll either connect you or, you know, if you're a business person, they'll bring you into the deal or, you know, hopefully they'll hire me or my team to be their lawyers. But even if not, right, it, it just expands the network and, and you're the person that made the connection. Those two people remember it, they're gonna expand their network. Um, And and that's one thing that you can just really do is just build a network because you also never know when something will happen. So, you know, for example, um, one of the ways that I got into esports, and we'll jump into that sort of segue is years ago. I had, um, you know, a a younger associate that, uh, you know, was not really within my group, but wanted to learn some stuff. So you know, he and I would have beers together and you know would kind of start talking and I would teach him things um, to help him grow and make some connections for him. And later, this associate, again, who were renamed unnamed because um, he may or may not be watching, right, but quit the practice law uh, and is now the commissioner of one of the biggest leagues you know that are out there. And you know that was a connection then that took you know that I obviously neither of us had any idea was going to make you know for it. But next, you know, then I helped make him a network into first the company he was working for as a legal, and then he later became a commissioner, and then sooner or later, as he was growing, you know, both of our networks kind of intertwined. So you just never know who you're going to meet, how it's going to pay off, whether it's one year, five years, ten years. Um, You know, I I tell my younger associates the best way to business develop is to just go plant seeds. Um, You know, tell, make connections, talk to people. uh, You know be enthusiastic and real about what it is that you're working on. If you're not, you're not passionate about it, then get out of whatever it is you're doing and go find something else. Yeah. Um, because your passion and your enthusiasm will come through. People will want to talk to you. They'll want to work with you or better yet, they'll want to just share a drink with you and, and talk. And that's how, you know, ideas spin off. So when I was going to all these music festivals and I'm, uh, it, it sounds more glamorous than it, than it is, but right. Hanging out backstage, um, you know, you start meeting the artists, you start meeting their business people, you start meeting kind of some of the, the hangers on that have these great ideas and you're talking to them during sets or in between sets. And the next thing you know, you hear about a deal they're thinking about doing or, uh, uh, a venture they have an idea about and, and your brain starts spinning. So you start thinking of ideas and you make those connections. So, you know, I've, I've met artists, um backstage and we're talking the next thing you know, they'll like tell me about a residency agreement they want in Ibiza or, or you know Vegas and that will spend something and and that's kind of how esports started right that uh, as I kind of like to joke my my real specialty is creators with laptops or millennials with laptops So an EDM artist in, in esports um and, and as I'm going to these festivals and I'm, I'm listening and I'm watching uh you know I'm, I'm watching esports kind of grow up I've been a video game you know nerd since uh you know, got, I think God. Here's gonna age myself. Right, I grew up with Atari, and yeah. then, uh, right, and and then a television, and then the first Nintendo, and then 64, and and you know, so I, I've always loved video games. Um, and watching it kind of grow into what it is today, you know, I I was watching it and going, you know, all it really is is just a different type of entertainment event. Right. And so what I'm doing with my festivals, I can do with, you know, with esports. So. You know, helping the various leagues build out their tournaments and their events, working with teams now that they have to do homestand events to build out, working with third party uh, competitions to help them build out. Um, or is you now watching this kind of intersect of, of music and, and video games and esports with, you know, yeah. unfortunately, didn't go off this year, but, you know, Metarama Festival and Playfest and sure. because
0: Because I, I want to know, so before we, because that's where I want to spend a huge chunk of time, um, but. You you mentioned a, a quick point, and I want to go back and because um, I know there's a lot of young guys who are reaching out and doing this LinkedIn prospecting thing, and, and reaching out to guys like you. Um, before we get to live events and, and esports, um, you know, help help me give some advice, right? Where you're a guy that everyone wants to connect with, but I mean you and I both had drinks the other night and we have to check our phones and it just is what it is. And people are hitting us up from all angles all times of day. And there's probably a lot of times where you get a LinkedIn message and you look at it, read it, put it down and don't get back to it. I mean, we first connected a long time ago and we didn't end up getting cocktails until uh, I don't even know how long it took, but it's just the nature of, 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 um, you know, networking and, and being busy. But I think there is a stigma sometimes that if, that first message isn't responded to, that person isn't uh, interested in connecting. And I wholeheartedly disagree because life is in the follow-up. So, you know, how often, you know, does that happen you? Get, give some reassurance to the younger crowd that's reaching out to guys like you who literally is sitting here on this channel saying, I want to help you, I want to connect with you, I want to sit down and have drinks with you, Pre- please write me a message how often is it going to take you three follow-ups for you to respond just because of how busy you are
1: yeah So okay so uh, you know as my um, as a workout buddy of mine ryan serhant who if you're in sales you know will preach to you it's it's all about the follow-up um right and if you're in if you're going to do that first reach out you, you got to have the follow-up uh, you know, the reality is, like you and I put it out, I'm probably doing something 23 of 24 hours of, of a day. And, and the one hour that I'm not answering, um, it's because I'm in the gym and that's my one sacred, you know, one hour time. Now, it, it's sad. It used to be used to be a lot longer. And now I'm like, if I can get in an hour, I'm, you know, I'm happy about it. So the reality is I'm not just sitting around at my desk waiting for someone to message me. Right. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not just at a bar having a drink by myself. You know going oh thank god someone send me a dm right now um but i'm always checking my phone because I, I i do sort of do three buckets in my head right what's a true emergency um right the highest emergency is something to do with my with my daughter uh you know the second is uh you know i have clients that have you know events every single week so that's kind of my top priority is what's happening this week that i need to check the you know the and the third tranche is okay what is you know other work that i know that i've got to do it and i'm already brewing the back of my mind or I can pass it off to an associate or other colleague, you know, and and then the fourth is, okay, this is just a DM LinkedIn message that I'm going to store away. And one day or one night when I do kind of sort of sit down, I can finally start responding to them. So if you don't get a response from someone right away, um, the reality is they didn't ignore you. They just, you know, they they weren't, they weren't there just waiting for your message to pop up. So I would give it, you know, I would give it three to five business days, um, and if you don't hear something, just do a nice, simple response. You know, just say, "Hey, just following up." I know you're busy. Recognize that you're asking someone who's busy to take a moment and give it to you. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and 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 sort of, you know, do it. Um, and and be direct with what you're looking for. Look, I, I, the reason that I am happy to respond is because I had some phenomenal mentors when I was a younger, uh, you know, uh, attorney. Um, that took the time out of their day and their schedule, and, and frankly, their practice, to devote it to me. Um, and without them, I wouldn't be anywhere where I am. So I'm happy to pay it forward, right? And so my goal is, if, if I'm if I'm going to take the time to mentor someone, uh, and as you know, if you're a good person, um, you know, and and you frankly just are, are, are you know like to hang out and, and talk. Um, you'll likely fall within someone that I want to hang out with. If, if you're a good person with creative ideas and you're passionate about what you do, I don't care what it is, um, you and I will get along. But my goal is when you get to the position that I'm kind of at and you're fortunate enough, I want you to pay it forward then to you know, the person 10, 15 years behind you because I want this kind of mentoring pattern of let's pull up, the people behind us um, to, to continue. So it's right, so that pay it forward mentality. Oh. The other thing though, so is if you are going to reach out to me or, or anyone else, um, make sure that you're sincere and you're enthusiastic about it. Right. So the, the thing that I hate the most, uh, you know, it, I'll take the time for anyone. Right. So there's a lot of questions I like, get. Hey, I want to break into esports or entertainment. You have five to 15 minutes one ask for ask for a small amount of time please don't ask for 30 minutes or even worse Don't ask for an hour or I always, a bit
0: I always say ask for the five to ten and let it if it's good, good enough of a conversation yeah. it'll go for third
1: you know I, I saw a great thing the other day that said you know have your one minute pitch your five minute pitch and, and your 20 minute pitch ready because okay. you may call me and, and say I'll give you 20 minutes and by the time that I really get to you I've got five so just tell me what it is you want and we'll always do follow-up Right. Um but to make sure that this is really what you want. That my most frustrating thing is if someone calls me and says, you know, I have an esports project, an esports venture, I want to get into esports. Um, you know, but I can call you on between eight and eight thirty in the morning because, you know, I've got my other job or I've got school, I've got something else, you know, but I really want to talk to you about this because I need millions of dollars for capital raise. And my whole thing is if this is not what you're gonna go all into, then I'm not gonna waste my time with it. Um you know, I I have an outrageous billable hour number. I I, I get it right. I'm eight. What am I? These eight fifty an hour, um, right. right? You never want to see me on the bill. You want you want to see my team. They're they're a lot cheaper, right? Uh, but, right if you're going to ask me to give you, you know, any time out of that eight fifty for free, uh, you know, then make sure that it's going to be worth my investment if I'm giving it to you, and it's not some passion project to yours or some side project. If you're going to reach out to someone for a business connection or mentorship it's because you're sincere in this and you are willing to give up everything for you to jump into it. And you want sort of, you know, lifelines to help you float. So if you're all in, I'm all in. So to, you know, to, to use the, uh, uh, shark tank speak.
0: Yeah, I, I always, I mean, you know, I always say it and it, you know, it's just ha- have a plan, right? You're going to set up that five, five minute phone call. You know, you have five minutes. I, I tweeted it out the other day. I said, if somebody literally responds to you, and says, so "I have five minutes right now. Can you call me? You better be ready for that five minutes, and you be ready for whatever you wanted to say in thirty minutes to have it narrowed down. Because it's literally, it'll show that you're direct. You've got a plan. You've got, to, you know, you know, you're on, you're online. And well, if you if the five minutes sticks, you'll guarantee getting a follow up if, if you if you had at least a little bit of direction in that short amount of time.
1: Oh, and and the other biggest pet peeve, right? It'd be on time." Right, so if I if I if I give you a four o'clock and you know we schedule this, don't don't call me at four o five, don't call me at four ten, uh, you know, don't text me at at three fifty nine and tell me you're you're delayed. Um, you know, the reality is I've carved out that schedule, and that that's the worst. I, I get that so much.
0: A minute early, I'd much rather have somebody say give me five and be a minute early than be five minutes late. I um, well. Uh, I know that advice is super helpful, especially when it comes to LinkedIn. LinkedIn thing is tricky mentally because you see that read receipt and while it's a good tool, it's also, you know, it's mentally, it crosses you up. It's like, that person saw me and doesn't like me, so now I'm going to get scared and not follow up again. Um, so anyway, you're a great example of, of, to, of how to of, overcome that. Um,
1: yeah, I would say, so, you know, keep in mind that everyone's on LinkedIn for the same reason, which is to make connections, make make a network. Um, right. If, if you're on LinkedIn, it's almost a permission to please try to connect with me for some reason. And whenever I connect with someone and, and I'd probably send out more DMS than I get, mm-hmm. right. It's, all, it's never to say, can I sell you something? Right. No, everyone hates getting an email from an attorney. Cause they think we're trying to do a sales pitch. And, and the reality is either I'm looking for my own mentoring, uh, questions, right. If I'm looking for a new idea, a new technology, um, you know, I may just say, look, I, I just need five minutes just want to tell you who I am and literally just had one or two questions. And more importantly, I sort of do a what can I do for you. Right. So I also want to hear what you're working on, um, what you need and what maybe my network can provide to you. And, and a true I'm not asking you to pay me. I'm not asking anything for, for me. Um, again, sort of that I'm just trying to expand my network. And, and that's what everyone's mentality should start at. Then the, the the money will come. I promise.
0: I'm pretty sure the first message that you ever sent me was dogging my old Miss rebels, and and, and
1: it's, well, that's that's low hanging fruit, right? That's
0: <laughs> it just wasn't that cool. I was like, all right, whatever, guy. Um, no, it,
1: it was funny. Um, but at least, right, so, so you can at least now sit back this year on the Ravens and just kind of all right, go, right. I'm yeah.
0: bitching, honestly, I guess 50 50 coin flip in my world. Um, All right, moving into uh, esports and entertainment because you've seen a lot of it. Um, You've seen things work, you've seen things not work. We spent a lot of time in traditional sports. As you know, I was selling tickets for the Super Bowl, which is the biggest event in the entire world. I still think that, um, you know, uh, it still remains to be seen whether live events are really gonna be a, a driver here. They're certainly doing a lot. They're getting a lot of press like the Fortnite World Cup and the League of Legends World Championship. But you know, I think this is a this is a couch native audience still. Um, and it's looking still looking for that easy access. So I don't know, what have you seen? What do you like? What don't you like? And where are we going to be
1: Five years from now. Yeah, I'm. I'm trying to debate how much we want to open this rabbit hole this morning. Uh, right, I'm, I'm sure as as viewers uh, of your LinkedIn and, and others on here saw. You know, uh, we we had car club night one night. Yeah. Uh, and and I'm trying to debate how much of that we really want to open. One rule, uh, right? One rule of car club: don't talk about it. Um, uh, you know, but uh, everyone who knows that I, I'm very opinionated on this subject. Um. Right. Look, I, I think that eSports, let me start with, let me start with the with the top line. I think eSports is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it is going to be the next level version of entertainment, um, technology, and frankly marketing. And really what makes it so unique, right is is this. It, it's your mobile device. It's the fact that um, you can watch on Twitch or mixer. Uh, you know, or YouTube, whatever platform you want, something that's passionate to you. It's, it's uh, you know, esports, video games, streaming, you know, whatever sort of in this realm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's what makes this so much different than a traditional sport, right? It, it's, we're, we're giving it away for free to the masses. Um, once you start charging for it or, or you, you know, you do it, you, you may sort of see a drop off. So I think we need to sort of take a step back and approach it as two ways. One for most of us, it's entertainment, right? It, it's not a, and I know that this is going to sort of come out wrong, right? And I'm going to get a lot of, oh, you're an old fogey here, but it's it's not a traditional sport because, um, you know, to really enjoy one of the video games, right? And I always say I, I think the thing that esports suffers from is the word esports, which is this just overall bubble marketing word for competitive video game, but you know again each game is something unique unto itself but you typically gravitate to one of those games because you've played one um you know or you find like i i'm sure if you can see behind me i'm a huge smash brothers fan um right i just i i will play smash i'm terrible at it i'll be the first to admit although uh if Kai's out there you know i did beat him twice uh out of probably 300 but i will still take those two to the you know to the house Uh, i'm great at trash talking i'm just terrible at actual playing um
0: Right, but, Boy. Yeah, but, you, but you
1: gravitate to a game because first you, you play it, then you start streaming it because you want to get better, and then maybe you take it to the next level. Wow. Um, you know, unlike say football, right? You don't have to play football to to become a Ravens fan. Uh no one's an Ole miss fan, but if you were, right, you know, that you 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 you, you just like the Ole miss team, don't play football. Uh you just go watch Bama and LSU and Georgia play. Um, right, but but to be an Overwatch fan or a League of Legends fan, you 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 got to play the game because you, you can't just pick up Twitch and watch uh you know League of Legends and understand anything that's going on or you know even worse.
0: Overwatch. But it is still like I learn something new every five minutes when watching it, and then I forget it and I have to relearn.
1: It. <laughs> oh, great. Look, I when I went to the, the the you know when I watched the Fortnite World Championships, I was like, yep, I've never seen this game in my life because this is not at all what I play. And uh, my my character parachutes in. I run around. I see no one. I get shot in the head from behind, and that's pretty much what I know of, of Fortnite. Um, and you know, when so I'm watching these, you know, players build and and you know do run throughs, it's incredible. So one, you got to remember, it is an entertainment property, and two, for most of the video game companies, it's a marketing tool. It's an advertising tool for them. So you know, I, I have a lot of video game clients, and I've I've, uh, I've I've been blessed to work on some incredible games recently. Um, you know, the, the new Gears of War one is kind of my favorite, one of my favorites. Right. But uh, when I talk to, you know, to kind of pull the curtain back a little bit, when I talk to the video game arm of the industry and I say to them, you know, where does esports play a factor into where you are when either designing a game or designing a new rollout? Um, you know, at what point do you start thinking esports? And the answer is we don't. All they care about is 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 producing a good video game right so you know if esports, if if you buy the newsroom number is a billion dollar industry, video games is a hundred and thirty six billion dollar industry um you know there's a reason that legal legends came out and said, you know we don't mind spending a hundred million dollars wasted to build a legal legends franchise. it's a marketing tool for riot to to have legal legends continue to uh, you know, to be played and and I you don't buy it, but you know you do buy all the end games, um, right? And so to the video games, it's a marketing tool. It's a marketing arm to say, look at all these people playing it. it. It keeps people relevant. It helps them like with Fortnite. You know, they were able to kind of announce Fortnite too. It brought relevancy to the marketplace. Like Fortnite needs, you know, more than their two hundred million players, um, right? But to them, it, it's advertising. To the teams. Right. To the teams themselves, it's still something new. The the teams are still trying to figure out, um, you know, if you really want my views on this again, you know, let's have a drink one night. But, you know, there are certain teams of mine uh, that I work with that are incredible and knocking it out of the ballpark. Um, And and then there's some that not not so much. Um, But uh, right. Teams to me are still trying to figure out really what they do, because there there are teams that I think that are messing this up. because they're basing it off of traditional sports. So in traditional sports, when you think of a team, there are three revenue streams. 40% of a traditional sport is made from licensing, 40% is made from media rights, and 20% is made from ticket sales, right? Well, just flip it over to eSports. There's really no ticket sales. Um, you know, we can point to, you know, League of Legends Championship or Dota Championship, but th- those are one-offs. When you really think of events, you're thinking of 1,000 to, maybe eight thousand tickets sold at 30 dollars a pop they're fun they're, they're, you need them because that's what people are watching that's what makes this kind of hype thing but you know in, in my opinion teams should give the tickets away uh you know to, to fill the stadium bring brand awareness etc but you know ticket sales in esports is five percent or, or less mm-hmm. um media rights you know th- there is some advertising some content creation etc but you're not selling you know media rights to nbc cbs uh, you know, all that stuff, yet you're, you're still mostly giving it all away for streaming platforms for free. Um, so that's my thing. So it's really then about licensing and sponsorships. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so 85 to 90% of a team is going to make their, uh, you know, money back from advertising and sponsorships. And right now they're all kind of out there vying for the same ads and sponsors. Um, and those sponsors are now asking the smart questions, right? Which is, well, what is my ROI? Um, yeah. You know, don't don't tell me your Twitch count number of how many people signed on for 30 seconds. You know, sh- show me how many people actually engage. Right. Who's the one? Um, you know, how many people are are coming back? Don't tell me about the one capsule drop that you had. Uh, you know, tell me tell me how many fans actually are coming out to buy. You know, when you you look at Phase with their new Phase Arcade right now in LA, and that's just that that tells you that a team you know is a is legit. They can actually open a full pop up store for over a month. And it's going to sell out time and time and time again, um, you know. But these other one-off hoodies, yeah, they they may, you know, you may drop, and it may get some hype because you sold fifteen hundred limited edition online. But again, that's not going to, you know, that, that's not even going to pay one athlete's salary, much less your League of Legends or your Call of Duty franchise championships, uh, you know. Fees. So. Um, you know, the, these non-endemics are finally saying, you know, what's your real engagement? How do I get involved? Tell me your Nielsen ratings. And and, comp, and, and teams are now finally starting to get those numbers in place. Um, you know, and, and then you get sort of your third section, right, which is these kind of either third-party uh, events. So, you know, like ESL and DreamHack and uh, Blast Pro Series, um, right? Or you get kind of these... Uh, I'll call them the accessory players. So, you know, you get your, your PR stories, your, your content, um, creation, your software plugins, uh, now gambling, right? So I've, I've got a few clients that are now doing prop bet sports on, uh, on apps. Uh, as you saw, I think last week, uh, New Jersey finally accepted its first bet, uh, yeah. e- esports, a hundred dollar league of legends bet on G2, which, which almost won, but, uh, they did make the finals, but, but fell sideways. Um, so all of this stuff finally is coming together, right? right? But it's trying to shift expectations of I think everyone bought into oh, we're the next NFL, we're the next major league baseball. Um, which is fine to structure it that way, but if you're really talking about monetizing it, it's something completely different. And what's cool is it's totally unique and special into itself. It's it's not like anything we've ever seen. Um you know, there's some comparisons to the World Poker Tour. There's some comparisons to music festivals. Uh, but you know, the way that you are going to capitalize and and monetize on the content and what makes esports special uh, is going to be unique to esports. And I think that's what everyone's still trying to figure out the best way to do it, other than licensing and sponsorships.
0: So we, uh, by the way, everyone watching, we're uh, about forty minutes in. If you've got questions for Darren, please put them in the comments, and we'll get into those in a second. Um, you know, I'm I'm here in Nashville, um, and I spoke on a panel yesterday about monetizing cutting-edge technology, and we, we talked about live events because a lot of the traditional casinos um, are, are figuring are trying to figure out how to monetize esports, and that this is we we this is something that we could we'll probably go off on this weekend for like five hours. But, you know, one of the reasons that I wanted to get an eSports is because of how it's gonna to continue to innovate, right? It's nothing that I believe is gonna reach a maturity point because there's new games and new technology and things are just gonna change. You know, everyone's talking about AR and VR, right? When is that gonna have, have, a, have its place here? And it's growing and it's doing very well. It's it, Oculus is doing a great job of, for guys like me who get totally motion sick, but, you know, there's a, the, the conversation of waiting for it to apply to the games but I think at some point it's going to apply to the, it's majorly going to apply to the fan, right? Where, I mean, you are just, you're in the map in Fortnite. And the same thing with Call of Duty where you don't have to go to a stadium anymore. Obviously, I think there's always going to be that live element, but, you know, five, 10 years from now, you know, if you can create digital hubs that have, VR headsets that puts you inside the you know above the map at uh, for the League of Legends World Championship. That's super impactful. And I think that's going to play a factor here down uh, down the line. I'm sure you know. I'm sure you have other other thoughts as well before I uh, get into some other questions. But I mean that that's what I was talking about yesterday. Some of the things that I'm excited about.
1: Yeah, no, no, I, I fully agree. So you know, it start off a few years ago with you know Coachella. If you bought a, a VIP package, you got this Oculus headset in the mail, and you can do an entire Coachella walkthrough even before you got there of of the staging and, you know, and, and, and plan your routes and where you're going to do. And it's really cool ways of, of getting this next version of technology, you know, immersed into something that we uh, you know, that we sort of take for granted. I just gave a a presentation two weeks ago on technology and to live entertainment, talking about music festivals and esports and even Broadway plays and and how it's changing. Um, and, And my team is working on some really cool AR and VR stuff with, with Oculus, uh, uh, you know, with, with Microsoft, um, and, and I do think you know right now the easy, the low-hanging fruit is to, to make games. Um, but what really, as you kind of point out, what's going to be game-changing is the way that you immerse yourselves into the game. So uh, it, it will be putting on the those glasses and you know, getting to be a player actually in a game that you're watching uh, or, you know, or being a fan that kind of actually has some interaction with the players. So, you know, what if you were in Counter-Strike and you got to actually maybe go move some of the the board around or, you know, move the map around, Um, you know, it it will be changing viewpoints. It'll be seeing things that the gamers themselves don't be. So it's sort of like the whole camera in you know, World Poker Tour, right? You get to know something that the players don't. Which one, makes you makes your viewing experience better. Um, you know, and and two, uh, makes you sort of feel, you know, something unique about what you're watching. So, you know, now all of a sudden now it makes even more sense why, you know, someone's, you know, heart rate is pounding. Um, you know, I, I think getting to watch some of these wearables, uh, and getting to know, you know, some of the, the players' heart rate and their mindsets and and you know whether or not they're really calm or, or they're excited as you're watching um and of course i think for the the advertisers themselves it'll be unique ways of immersifying themselves into the games into the arenas uh but doing it in a way that doesn't disrupt right so i get a lot of clients that will call and say i really want to sponsor uh you know call of duty and i think that you know my my product should be, you know, drunk by one of the players as they're running around or play, you know, eat a pizza, um, you know, and, and that's just not a thing because you don't want to disrupt the game. Um, you know, other than sort of, you know, Pizza Hut now getting sponsorship rights and, you know, and Madden, um, you're not going to see a pizza being passed around an Overwatch game or League of Legends, but there are different ways that these, uh, you know, these AR and VR things will, will be able to do content overlays uh, your experience of watching a game may be different than mine. Um, and, and I really do think in the next, you know, not even five years, the next two to three years, we'll see some really cool changes coming.
0: All right. So we've got – and I agree with everything you said, obviously. I think we talked about it all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, and I'm excited to be with you this weekend uh, to talk about more. If you're going to be in Atlanta, please hit us both. Uh, we're good. If,
1: if, if you're coming to DreamHack and you want to uh, – I, I've got a code that gets us behind a, a secret phone booth where apparently there's some magical bourbon whiskey list. Uh, you know hit one of us up and and we'll we'll, we'll we'll let you know whether you know when we're gonna be there and and how to get in.
0: All right. Um,
1: also, if you're gonna be uh, at X Live in Vegas next week, I'll be there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. You're speaking. Um, I'm speaking on Mon- uh, on Tuesday on how to expand your brand into the international market. Uh, and on Wednesday morning, if I'm still uh, sober and and alive, um uh, I'll be speaking on the tr- the overlaps between traditional uh, entertainment and eSports.
0: Love it. Awesome. Um, all right, some people chiming in this morning, Christy St. Martin, first on it. Of course. Naturally, she is an absolute rock star, excited to be with all of us this weekend. Uh, Juan Rodriguez, a big fan of his and what he's doing. Uh Brant Collins is our local uh our, our resident Razorback, back, always in the uh, in the chat. Feel bad for him, but uh no, no,
1: they're, they're gonna get a new head coach. Uh maybe it'll be guest Melzon.
0: on <laughs> uh, K- Kyle Browning. What a great way to start Wednesday morning. We agree, Kyle. Um Lavelle Walker saying hello, Chris Reed. Let's see where we've got some questions. Um Let's see, Juan down here. Actually, no, Christy's. Uh, Christy's got a question. Uh-oh. What area in esports law is most interesting to you? What is your ideal client, and what uh, what challenges do you want in tw- Or I guess maybe what challenges are you facing and are tw- expecting to face in twenty twenty?
1: Wow, well, that, that, leave it to Christy to kind of, you know, yeah, make me right. hammered here. Um, right. So uh, I, I think what's kind of unique about esports um, is, you know, the fact that uh, it, it's technology that I think is far outpaced where the law is. So I'm enjoying kind of working with my clients who have these technologically focused ideas um, and helping them kind of bounce it off of the current state of the law. So the current. To me, the current state of copyright and intellectual property and licensing doesn't quite measure up to where esports is right now, right. Um, and so you know I'm, uh, I'm enjoying kind of piecing that together and being at the forefront of it. I did it, you know, for music festivals ten years ago, um, where you were trying to live stream EDM and you can't really clear those rights yet since you don't know what anyone's going to play. Um, so I'm I'm enjoying that. Uh, I I think one of the challenges is helping people try to find the best way to monetize their brand. Um, You know, everyone sort of sees these uh, these numbers and kind of expects this huge ROI, uh, you know, or an immediate return um, on what they're doing. And and it is kind of helping each person sort of set their expectations uh, and, and figure out the best way for that brand to stick out. Right. So when, when I think of all the different teams, um, you know, if you're all chasing after the same sponsors, your your team has to have some unique brand or identity that makes it stand out, that makes it want to, uh, you know, a a sponsor want to gravitate towards your brand. So it it is helping find teams, you know, establish that brand identity. Uh, You know, my, um, you know, what a good client of mine would be, uh, right? One that um, is not afraid to take chances You know, it is to first build a a strong company. So at the end, whether you're a team, uh, you know, or or, or you're a league, et cetera, in the end, you're a company. Um, And if you're asking someone to invest in your company, they want to know that it's a legit company. Mm -hmm. So it it frustrates me to no end when I hear these companies say, oh, I don't have any money for legal. Uh, I don't have any money for business right now. Um, you, You know, then then. Companies are not going to want to invest in you yet. You got to you got to take the time to build yourself a strong, true brand and company, um, and and find a find an attorney. Look, if it's me, I'm happy, right? But to me, what I've what I've sort of found is there, there's two different types of attorneys. There's either these young attorneys that are really excited about esports, um, you know, love the games, can you know name drop every team and uh, and score for you but they've only been practicing you know, one to five years and, and don't have the experience level. Um, to me, whenever hey, you're looking for yeah. a business person or a legal person, don't ask them about their network, don't ask them about their successes, ask them about their failures. Right. Uh, you know, there's more times than not you're gonna fail. So ask me, you know, what, what did you fail on? What did you learn from it? How are you not gonna repeat that with me? And if they've got, you know, a, uh, a boatload of stories, then that's the person you want. On the flip side, right? You get these attorneys that have been practicing for twenty or thirty years that don't understand esports, don't know what makes it different. Um, but say, oh, you know, look, I do sports law, I do uh, traditional law, um, I know what I'm doing here. Let me just do it in your esports. But they don't get what makes it different. So try to find that attorney in the middle who can say, look, I know esports, I know what makes it different, I know what makes. Each league different, each team different, each demographic different. At the same time, I've got 15, 20, 30 years of experience behind me so that I can bring my failures and my successes and my networks to to your table. Um, So, you know, I guess, Christy, my my long way of answering is is uh, companies that are not that don't want to invest yet in themselves. They are just with their hands out looking for others to invest in them.
0: You know it's uh it's it's funny when you talk about this industry and and people claiming to be experts and things like that when you know the the mainstream of it has really kind of hit its stride in the last probably three to four years so you know that doesn't leave a ton of time for attorneys to have that much experience. Now it's been around for a long time, especially from a gaming perspective, but from an esports perspective, we're about to learn a lot of lessons, right? We're about to learn a lot of lessons with the phase thing. And as these contracts are starting to unfold with Shroud and, and there's just a lot of uh, there's a lot of stuff that is yet to be learned. So that that I find that interesting where you know I, I find you interesting, right? Because you're in that speed slot in my opinion, that's seeing you're like right in that intersect with music and esports. So, um that the, it's a, it's an interesting point uh that, that you made just about, you know, overall experience. Um all right. You've got Kyle Browning here. What this is a, this is a good one. Um what do you feel is the largest growth opportunity within esports?
1: Yeah, uh so I think it's actually monetizing and capitalizing on the content, um, right? So you you hear a lot whenever you talk to eSports, especially the teams or, or the athletes, it, the buzzword is content, 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 right? So these teams, uh, they are investing into, you know, um, uh, content arenas. So it's sort of like, as I was joking with you the other night, right, when Georgia wants to. Out-recruit Bama, they build a bigger, nicer weight room and team locker room, et cetera. And when these teams are trying to out-compete with each other, they now build these new training facilities, these new content facilities. Uh, you know, you look at Phase Clans, uh, you know, Mansion, and uh, you know, in Malibu, you you look at, um, you know, the new Atlanta uh, uh, facility being built right now. So these teams are building these really cool content. Um, I guess, content uh, studios, but it, it's trying to figure out what that means, right? So it's not just simply, uh, you know, watching your players eat lunch and putting it over funny music. It's not, uh, you know, watching someone play the video game over and over again and doing some really cool run through. Um, what's going to make it unique, right? Once once that kind of wears thin, once you've seen, you know, everyone do a, a Fortnite run through or uh, you know, one of the new cool Super Mario makers, um, you know, but but it's how to keep someone coming back over and over again. And to me, it's gonna be expanding that content from eSports, so into, uh, you know, hip hop, into street, um, and into streetwear, into hype, into EDM. It's kind of meshing all of these subcultures together into some new type of content creation. Uh, you know, I, I think the, the Marshmallow Fortnite uh, concert, which uh, you know, it's, it's something near and dear to my heart, um, uh, you know, w- was game changing. It, it brought two different um, genres together. And it's something then that has continued to connect to. You know, you always now see Ninja and Marshmallow together. You see, uh, you know, Marshmallow, Fortnite, uh, et cetera. You now see Ninja popping up at, um, you know, Marshmallow sets. So it, it's finding different ways to do that as, as Outset now gets involved in, in the phase, Uh, you know, as Wiz Khalifa gets involved in the Pittsburgh Knights, as you start seeing some of these true traditional entertainment get involved into eSports, it's going to be using the hype of both and creating new content and figuring out a way to to monetize that.
0: Um, This is a... uh... This is, a, this is a good one to close on for questions and we'll get into a speed round. By the way, you're, you're maxing out at 80 people right now. 80 people want to hear what a boring attorney has to say. Wow, that,
1: pretty, that, 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 that's, that's more than uh, I was expecting. Pretty darn
0: impressive, uh, pretty darn impressive. Um, so this one, you might not be able to answer this question because I know we've certainly talked about it, um, but why do you think an event like MetaRama failed? Do you think if corrections are made, an event like that could be recreated in the future?
1: Yeah, 1,000%. Um, I'm not going to get into all the reasons that it failed here, uh, right? But, but I, think, I think there were two big reasons that you can point out with, with Metarama. Um, one, I don't think that the games that were chosen meshed well with the uh, artists that were chosen. So um, I, I think that when you are bringing on, I'm working on another festival right now that's in Vegas uh in early december that's having some issues because there's no real theme to the festival so when you're talking about a festival and you're asking an attendee to spend 400 bucks and up you know to attend your festival um you got to have a theme right so they got to say look i wanted to see these five acts and i'm willing to spend that money because i know that there are 10 to 15 other acts maybe that i'm going to uh learn about when i'm there and and i you know and and i know that they're in my genre Um, And so you're never going to convince someone to spend 400 plus to go see one band or one act, um, especially if they don't know that the others really plug in well. And I think when you look at Metarama, it was kind of a mishmash of the games um, and, you know, a mishmash of the lineups. So I'm not sure that they sold enough tickets to make that worthwhile. Second, um, they chose a hard venue. To, to do it, to bring the necessary uh, equipment and speed to make the game right. So uh, you know they, they chose the Vegas fairgrounds, um, right. right? But to to bring LAN at that speed and the generators and the backup generators uh, and the Wi-Fi, etc., it, it's not easy to do it at, at, at that uh, outside sort of venue. Um, you know, when I when I do some of these outside festivals, sometimes they take over a month just to do the move and load in, to build the stages, to build the infrastructure, uh, you know, so to try to do that in, in a matter of days um, at a way that you're going to get a true video game experience, uh, you know, and, and keep in mind this would be the first of its kind, so if it hits, wonderful, and if it doesn't, it's going to bust up the genre. Right. So um, I think that they realized that they were not going to be able to do it at the production value that they knew that they needed to do to get a repeat performance. So I think there was kind of a a uh, a jumble of both just the wrong headliners in in both genres, uh, as well as not being able to create the infrastructure needed to have a success. Uh, we're getting breaking up, thankfully. So now I don't get to hear my speed round questions.
0: No. no. <laughs> yeah, that was right. That was that was right on time for you, huh? Um no, we're getting into the speed round. Speed round is important. It's key to uh to LinkedIn live sessions. All right. All right. Getting into it. You are All trapped right. Let's on an do it. You're trapped on an island, and you've got one bottle. One bottle, whether it be tequila. Bourbon, whiskey, favorite of all time that you've ever had, but it's only one and you have it for the rest of your life. What is it?
1: And, 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 oh, that, that's, that's gonna be the black label, black Maple Hill. Uh, you know, it, it, it doesn't exist anymore in its true form. Um, but if I get one bottle, the black label, black Maple Hill, game changing.
0: <laughs> all right. I love it. Um, if, uh, I'll start with this one. Who's going to win the national championship?
1: All right, all right. I, I gotta say Georgia. Um, right, but there's no, there's no one who who's who's sitting here late, this this late that that actually believes me. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to say Ohio State this year.
0: Wow, interesting. Very very.
1: Interesting. I, I I think uh, you know I. I, I I'll cheer for Justin as as an ex Georgia quarterback. I, I just think that their uh, offense is legit, and of course their defense is is also next level. Um, you know I, I think that uh, by the time that LSU plays someone, they're going to be a little bit more beaten up, uh, and Ohio State has kind of more of a a, a patsy uh, road there, and it's not going to be as tested, and and therefore they'll be they'll be more well rested.
0: And if you could uh, and if you could play a position on that Georgia team, what would it be?
1: Oh, middle linebacker. Right. There is nothing better um right than, than getting a good hit on a running back, or even better yet, a, a good blitz up the middle on a on a quarterback. So yeah, just uh, I, I would love to be a middle linebacker. Uh, <laughs> as a as a white Jewish kid though, not gonna happen anytime soon.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um all right, and with uh boy, it looks like we actually Looks like we had a delay, maybe in the stream, because we had uh, we had some questions come in after. Um, so let me ask well, a couple more, a couple more speed round questions. Maybe we'll add in a bonus question. Um, the the lot of the the gaming valuations came right, out. Organization valuations came out the other day. Where does your gaming allegiance lie? Who, which brand are you repping? Which backwards hat are you throwing on at the end of the day?
1: Phase yeah, Clan. Um, right. So so to me, right, they, they just they nail it out of the ballpark because they are a true entertainment that it, it used esports and video games as their core. Uh, but built out from there, you know, into capsule drops into, you know, hip hop now into traditional sports with, uh, you know, with Man City. Um, but more importantly, they're they're a team that has built a true brand identity, um, you know, has built a core following. They know who they are. They own it. um, Right. They're kind of the the bad boys of esports, so to speak. Uh, But I think it's a it's a brand that has truly embraced what a team should be, um, how to monetize, how to capitalize. And they did so without spending a lot of money into franchising into the into the traditional leagues. Um, which to me is even more impressive.
0: Love it. I could have called that one as, as we know, we, we agree there. Um, and then I, I, I'll, I'll close with this question. This is definitely speed round, but this comes from, uh, from my man, Willis from phase any, uh, any unbiased Tfue predictions.
1: Yeah, that, that, okay. So I would, um, right. So that, uh, yeah, the, the it, Wilson, it it's hard to be unbiased um because i've got you guys on retainer of uh right so so to be honest since, since i am kind of uh doing some work on the um uh on on the litigation itself uh I, it's, it's probably unfair for me to claim that this is an unbiased one so i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna punt on that one
0: that's uh, that's what uh, he also did. Put a winky face at the uh, at the end of that question. Um, yeah. Uh, let, we'll we'll do one more, um, and uh, just because it's my CEO, and if I don't answer it, and then we'll we'll close it out. Um, but for everyone that asked a question here, it looks like there was a delay for all yeah. the coming in, so I apologize. But um, my my CEO will goes. How much power do the game publishers have, uh, from a legal perspective? A lot,
1: right? So, so the reality is they're the ones that kind of control everything. So it's it's their intellectual property that's at stake. So when they are licensing it to teams for use, when they're licensing it to third parties, uh, you know, when you look at Valve sort of, you know, doing what they do with, um, with Counter-Strike, right, they really kind of hold all the cards because it is their intellectual property that they're licensing out. And so at any time, right, when they want to, they, they can pull it back. So I, I think, uh, you know, from a, a true kind of unbiased standpoint, right, I, I, I think it's a little um, bit of a gamble for these companies to go all in on, on building Counter-Strike tournaments and events because not that I think Valve wants to because Valve just wants to, to make and sell good video games. But at some point the Valve ever said, you know what? Yeah, we're, we're really on to something. This too could be a, a game-changing league. They could pull back the licensing and say, you know what? We're going to take what you've done and capitalize on it. When streamers are making content based on a video game, right? It is the license of the video game, the intellectual property of the video game that is being utilized and monetized. And yeah, there's some implied licenses, but those click-through agreements certainly you know, hold it all back. So... Um, you know, t- to me the, the video game companies and manufacturers hold, I would say they hold all the cards at the same time though from a business standpoint, they recognize that everyone plays their part in making this ecosystem work. So the teams, the players, the streams, etc, you know those are th- those are all part of the cogs in the machine that everyone's sort of playing in. So while I do think that, Uh, they hold all of the cards, you know, sort of like Nintendo did a few years ago when they were overly uh, zealous in their intellectual property protection, especially with streaming and eSports, they too have pulled back now um, because you recognize that everyone needs to do their part to make this ecosystem work. And in the end, like I said, the better the eSports marketing does, the better really the video game does. And and eSports, if you sort of think about it from the video game perspective, is a is a marketing and advertisement for the video games. So um, while I do think that legally they hold a lot of the cards, I think the business side of it is is well within check.
0: All right, we we we, ma- we, we hit an hour. You maxed out at night at, at ninety nice. viewers. You're an absolute stud when it comes to LinkedIn Live. Um, there's a couple questions. I don't know what happened. Yeah. I don't know what really happened. It looks like questions kind of were delayed coming in. So if you asked a question we didn't get there, I'll make sure that we get Darren into the comments so he can answer them uh, or reach out and ask him directly. He's obviously open to that. Um, you're the absolute man. I appreciate you doing this. It's, it's always fun chatting with you. If anyone wants to, I, I, you know, outside of LinkedIn, uh, you, you like anyone to contact you any per- particular way?
1: Uh, yeah, you know, the, the easiest way, um, if you're in LinkedIn, obviously is, is to DM me, if you're outside, just shoot me an email at, uh, Darren Traub at dwt.com. That's my work email. And if you forget it, uh, just go to dwt.com or, uh, you know, put me in a search engine. Hopefully I pop up somewhere.
0: He's also like always got a very, a very wild in suit, crazy broad shoulders, probably one of the more jacked guys in, in esports law. He's, he's easy to pick out. <laughs> All right, brother. Uh, All right.
1: Uh, you're uh, the- and again, if, 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 if you're at DreamHack Yeah, if you're at Dream Hack this weekend, uh, you know, or you're in Vegas at X Live next week, um, man, hit hit me up. Let's let's have a drink.
0: I love it. Well, I will see you. Um, tomorrow. Let's well, see, tomorrow. No, Friday. I'll see Friday, uh and we will get after it
1: again. I, 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 I'll be in. I'll be in
0: sometime on Friday. When are you coming to town? Love. Cool. It. All right. It's great being with you. Uh, and <laughs> thanks, guys, for watching. We'll, uh, we'll catch up.
1: Hi, right, my friend. Thank you.
0: Hey, brother.